0: on today's episode of hooligans with halligans so we're just a couple weeks out from fdic right down in indianapolis indiana um i'm still planning on being there uh, for the stair climb if any of you uh, are gonna be there and don't have a team to team up with, you can always look for Hooligans with halligans on the um, National uh, Fallen Firefighters Foundation under the 9-11 stair climbs, Um, or if you just simply want to donate and help raise money for a great cause for our community, feel free. Um, On this episode, I want to talk about empathy in the fire service and why it is so unbelievably important and why we don't do enough of it. Um, in our state in Indiana, we have a, a fairly new law. It's a couple years old. But it hasn't been very utilized um, because, it, I, in my personal opinion, it hasn't been very well um, uh, noted to the public and explained to the public exactly what... It is, and um, the, the what it, what the law is? It's a uh, baby safe haven law. So essentially, um, we allow a mother to um, I'm not going to say abandon, but um, hand their child over to us uh, as firefighters. Um, we allow the mother to. Um I, I I'm really i'm I'm struggling to find the word. Um, but essentially, uh, we allow the mother to have this um, grace period that if she cannot take care of the child or is unwilling to take care of the child, she can drop it off, um with very minimal limited questioning. Um, in fact, legally, we can only ask two questions. And uh, she can be on her way. Uh, and and we have these uh, new inventions, which are old inventions becoming new again, um, baby boxes. And uh, so what the mother can do is, you know, in the middle of the night or whenever um, she can, she can come by the fire station she can go up to this box open it up put her child in there and inside the box it takes care like it has a heater and um, it's it's basically like a neonate crib uh, like you see at the hospital uh, NICU crib is what they call it um, an alarm sounds we go down and we you know receive the child and the mother can stay there and through an intercom talk to us because we do again have the two questions. Um, one being how old is the child, and the other being oh, is there any pertinent medical information we need to know? The mother does not have to answer those, but those are the two questions we ask, and those are the only two questions we're allowed to ask. Um, and it's a, I, I, for me personally, being a single dude, never having kids, like. To me, um, just having a compassion for people this this makes sense, right? It makes sense to have something like this because what are the other options for some of these mothers? Uh, we live in a fairly um, uh, rural community. Um, I consider us a suburb community of a large city, but it's still twenty minutes, you know, easy to be getting to a medical facility other than our local hospital. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of everybody-knows-everybody kind of thing. And also, the resources other than the hospital are very limited. So, basically, we're one of four states in the union that um, have this law. And there is a lot of controversy about it, of course. It's something new, and it has to do with children and the safety and well-being and um, what qualifies you to be a good mother, all this Nonsense stuff to me anyway um my main goal and care in the world is that the, the, the child's okay and safe um and at our department it's been fairly well received I think I think it's been fairly well accepted um especially when we're one of I believe four or maybe five departments that have ever received a child through this um, law over the like couple of years but um once the group that really helped sponsor the law and get things rolling—they have a one eight hundred number, and uh, they started advertising it because they noticed that there were not enough people educated on the law and what they're allowed to do. Um, it's a scary time. Like you're—you're you're technically abandoning a child, and up until now, and still now, if you don't do it the right way, you can be charged with, you know, abandonment. And um things like that, so you know these mothers are scared there's it's 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 not exactly like a nonchalant time, like no big deal, it's a very big deal um and where I'm going with this and and how it relates to what I wanna talk about today is that um the lady who came by and was explaining everything to us, and we were looking at the actual dimensions and what it would take to put in a box in our building um. It, the the word empathy came up multiple times and this next part is not to bash police officers or bash um you know anyone who's not a firefighter but firefighters are generally seen as the most trustworthy people in emergency services right we don't um get caught in these allegations and legal proceedings where, you know, you were beating somebody up or um, uh, neglecting or abandoning a um, patient or, you know, we're generally like like the good guys of emergency services when it comes to public persona. You know, um, people can be distrusting of police, obviously, and then I've, I've met a lot of people who are distrusting of EMS, and, um, for me, that's, that's a big thing, because, well, quite frankly, like, people view us in that light, and it's, 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 a it's, a, it's an honoring, kind of, it's, it's humbling, to be honest, um, but again, the word empathy came up a lot, um, and, Why I bring up the whole empathy meaning and the whole idea behind, you know, empathy is that, um, you know, she wants to train us on empathy. She wants to get us to a point of empathetic meaning and understanding, you know, what's going on in these um, women's minds. And uh, because we're considered the most trustworthy, generally, um, it is important to us important for us to actively be um, very understanding. Because in the grand scheme of things, um, if I'm walking down the street and I have my fire department uniform on, and... The way they describe a fire department uniform is any insignia signifying you're on a fire department. Um, so if I have a Maltese cross, which is an international sign of a firefighter, um, they can just hand me the child. I can only ask two questions and they can or cannot answer those questions and they can walk on away with their merry lives. And um, it, it can... In my mind, thinking of that kind of stuff can be frustrating, right? It can be absolutely frustrating to, um, you know, think that that's something that is going to happen. Um, excuse me, I had to turn on my mic a bit. I, I feel like I was not projecting well enough. So, empathy. Let's, let's jump off this baby box thing I've, I've spent 10 minutes on it um, empathy empathy uh, the definition and, and a lot of times when I'm talking to people about it um, it's more about what it isn't versus what it is right we've grown up in a culture in a world where we look at um, somebody and we're sympathetic with them we might feel bad for them but we aren't necessarily empathetic right so empathy is really the act of a human connection of understanding what somebody's going through okay let me repeat that it is the human interaction of understanding what somebody's going through right, understanding that somebody is having a hard time, understanding that somebody is hurting mentally, physically, whatever, we understand that, and we acknowledge it, that's empathy, right, um, the the next big thing is, you know, um, let, let's talk about um, narcotic, narcotic overdoses, you know, there's a big um, I know Ohio, Florida. Um, I can't think of all of the areas that I'm thinking off the top of my head that are, you know, looking at these laws that basically say it's a three-strike rule or, you know, well, maybe this person isn't deserving of this or, you know, whatever, whatnot. My number one thing. And my biggest fight is that, number one, when I put on my uniform, I relinquish all rights to have a personal opinion on any of these matters, okay? And any of you do. If you listen to this podcast and you are a firefighter or an EMT or even a police officer, I don't know why you'd want to be listening to me. I just don't get it you relinquish that right once you put that uniform on you are there to serve the public in whatever fashion they see fit okay if you don't agree with the way the public wants you to serve their community then you should probably be finding another job it's simple as that now a lot of times they allow us to tell them well this is how we do it and they're like oh okay seems all right but you relinquish all those rights, okay? Why I say that, and this is this is the whole ordeal here. Why I say it is because, well, quite frankly, you know, um, you're not there to have an opinion. You are there to fix their problem, and they don't need somebody who's being a jerk. They don't need somebody who's being judgmental. They don't need somebody who's just, like, even coddling them. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, that's not why I called you. I did not call 911 to have somebody come by and tell me they're sorry. Okay? I'm not sorry. All right, boys. Um, but, <laughs> um, you know, to understand another human being and to have a connection with that person however brief or small it is can still make a mountain of a difference right so that narcotic user I, I don't know him from Adam I don't care what I care about is that either that person or somebody that halfway gives a rat's ass about this person called 911 and wants us to help them. okay In my opinion, I don't care how many times I have to do it. Alright? That's not my job to make that decision. I do not get to play God. I do not get to make a decision on whether you live or die. You know? I'm not a Russian boxer taking out Apollo Creed. If he dies, he dies. No. I will do everything in my power, in my ability to treat this person in a proper manner now that being said I'm not a huge advocate of just running in and jamming Narcan down someone's nose I'm not I hate it because number one I'm not a cop right number two I I don't like to necessarily fight (laughs) right so I have a very um, different opinion Like as long as you have a patent airway you are not getting Narcan I don't care how much you've taken i will continue to monitor you and make sure that you're okay and then the moment you're not okay yes you get a huge dose of narcan right freaking now um but what's great about that stuff is even with the spray well if you get enough of them you can titrate it okay first time we're going to give them three shots at the four milligrams okay or you can start out low and go high you can go high and low and blah 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 Again, I'm digressing a lot. (laughs) But having an empathy for that patient and unknowing and understanding that the number one cause for opioid addiction is our healthcare system. And these people have started on a um, pain treatment plan and became addicted, got cut off, and their only choice to relieve that addiction and to take away that unwavering um, urge to you know get a fix became heroin you know it became you know uh, any kind of opioid uh, fentanyl It, it became carfentanil it it became so much more now yes there are just those bad people out there who decide that, hey, well, I wanna uh, screw up my life and I'm gonna do drugs to do it. Guess what? They are adults. They have made that choice themselves. Right? But unless I personally know the person I'm going on, then guess what? I have no idea what brought them in their life to get to that point. And it's easy to just brush it off and go, oh well, I'd never do it and it's too bad that they do it and I don't really care well our job is to care most of us have type A personalities if that same person was in a car accident and was screaming for us to save their lives we wouldn't be asking those questions the only reason those questions come up is because we're dealing with a drug epidemic okay and we don't stop often enough and go oh our own healthcare system kind of the reason for it. And that's what we're finding out. Like through studies, through interviewing these people, we're understanding that, holy shit, we have well over-prescribed people pain medications. This 15, 16-year-old kid who had a, you know, torn leg injury in high school playing basketball is now a 22-year-old junkie because we gave him too many narcotics and then we just cut him off cold turkey and then he went to college and somebody's like hey dude I know you're feeling bad I've, I've got a little extra fentanyl I've got I know I know how you feel because drug dealers they know how to be empathetic they know how to play on somebody's emotions see empathy doesn't have to be a positive thing empathy can be a very negative thing if you know how to be empathetic with somebody you can get them to do whatever you want right you can convince them that something that they've been told their entire lives is horrible well jeez dude you know I was in your position before I was always feeling like pain and I had an injury and they took me off that medicine now I self medicate with this and it works wonders that could be a straight up line of cocaine filled bullshit but you know what they made a empathetic connection with that person and got them to do what they wanted so having empathy in the fire service is is a natural thing that we do but because we have diluted words and we don't really use them in the right way we've we've lost the true meaning of empathy and what it truly means to be a firefighter and what it truly means to be that person who goes on a run when somebody calls and is having the worst day of their life right it's easy to get focused in and just do your job but you know what also empathy is it's 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 not just talking it's not words it's actions what's 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 the biggest story that Every old guy who's started you in training has given, you know, that time that they picked up a family heirloom and it, it's, it's something that seemed important. A photo album, a family Bible, um, some antique piece that didn't seem to really fit in the home had to obviously mean something to this person because they wouldn't normally have it and they brought it back out to the person and that person just falls down crying because we saved the one thing that they they are still attached to somebody or something else of it brings them a positive memory of something in their life like let's think about this guys and I, I, this, when I first got in, and this was explained to me, like it gave me goosebumps. And I've actually got a little bit of goosebumps right now just thinking about the thought and to imagine that playing out in real life. So you go in, right, and you're putting out a fire. Now, what do we do when we go in and put out a fire? We don't just put wet stuff on the red stuff, okay? And again, I'm a truckie. So, number one thing i want to do is tear apart shit i'm wanting to get in there and just demolish things i'm i'm gonna rip down all of the drywall until i see clean unburnt wood and i'm going to town but we are asked by our public to come into their homes when they're having a fire emergency let's just leave it in that little realm right there we destroy their homes and because we bring out this insignificant little piece of paper with a picture on it we're heroes okay let me let me say that again we go into somebody's home literally destroy it until we st- <laughs> Until we feel satisfied that it won't become any more destroyed. And we bring out one little picture. And that's all that it took for that person to be grateful. Obviously, people are grateful that they're okay. Their family members are okay. Their family pets are okay. But when it's all said and done, what we do is empathetic. And, hey, let me do this. empathy there's a video of these firefighters pulling down the flag at a commercial building that was on fire and they took it down to protect the flag and that just speaks volumes to people and it spreads over Facebook like wildfire that's empathy right so having the integrity to do the right thing and to protect somebody more than just their person and their property but understanding that hey if I were them I would want this picture of my young child if I were them I would want that family bible that has been passed down since you know words became a thing to put on paper <laughs> Um, w- what it means is when you sit down with the wife of a gentleman who just passed away from a cardiac arrest and you don't say a single word and you just put your hand on their shoulder and you let them just fucking cry, right? That's empathy. And it's so easy because I know I do it. I have a tendency to laugh things off, it's a joke, right, can you believe that idiot, he really fucked himself up, you know, and yeah, in my own sick, demented way, I find it funny, but I also have the empathy to know and understand that other people do not find it funny, and that other people are mentally scarred, and if I can show that one person a human connection that They can feel a connection. Sometimes that's all people need. You know, we don't have to make big gestures. We don't have to do these amazing, crazy things, you know, that get us recognized and put on television. Um, We don't need that. What we need is for our community to feel safe in our hands, right? That's what matters. If you're a hooligan, if you're a true hooligan, what matters is that want to make sure that your community feels safe when you're on shift. When you're there to answer the call, you're the best person for that call. And, you know, you have those people who are just jerks. You have those people who really just they don't care you know And they're the, the, the drainers you know on our services they're the people who call us too much and demand too much and give too little Shh, like I don't give a fuck about you dude like you call us for a taxi service like and because you know the pretty little magic words of I have chest pain I've got to now put everybody else at risk, go down the road with my lights and sirens on, which, let's face it, who doesn't love to do that? But still, it's the principle, right? It's the principle. I had to I had to put other people at risk so I could come pick you up, and then you don't even really need me. You just want the ambulance there to take you to the hospital because, you know, you can't walk your happy, fat ass 200 yards that's the reality, and those people, no, okay, what, what's going on, that, you need, this much attention, like, what's going on in your life, it's a valid question, um, another one is, and I'm almost to, my cutoff time, I, I try to limit myself to a half hour, of annoying, living shit out of you guys, but, there was one night, and this woman, she she thanked me before we left, and that was about as far as it got. But I know that I made a difference for her, and I kind of uh, opened up some of the medic's eyes to, oh, this this is a different problem than what we really thought, you know. And I just happened by chance by it. I'm not some superhuman firefighter who just knows has all the right answers. What I'm saying is this woman, she was having difficulties with her mobility, and she called us because she was in severe pain. Well, the woman couldn't move, which caused her more pain because she just had knee surgery, and as we're loading her up on the cot, I look around, I realize there are trash bags everywhere, and not just of clothes, not just of you know, it's stuff that needed to go to Goodwill or into storage, like you know, normal people do, if you have a whole bunch of trash bags laying around they probably have clothes or toys in them and that you're taking away it was trash trash and this woman did not seem like the type of woman who would have just let her house go you could tell the house was up kept but it hadn't been for a while okay clue number one right there what why is this is not right right Clue number two. She was having pain from a recent surgery of her knee. Now that wasn't really brought up; that wasn't talked about. But what it was was, it. Oh, stand by. Gonna try and fix that there. Yeah, no more hum. So there are bandages just everywhere, but yet. Atlanta um, there are bandages everywhere but the bandage on her leg was old 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 like a couple days old like why in the world is it so old but yet you have all these bandages around so I asked her like, so are you're having trouble getting around do you have anyone coming by to help you she goes what do you mean I was like well you have trash everywhere And she goes, I know, I'm so sorry. And she got instantly embarrassed. And, yeah, can I come off as kind of crass sometimes and a little mean? Oh, I definitely can. I, I don't mean it, but that's just how I am. I'm a very forward person. There we go. That should be better. So... She goes, oh, and I said, no, no, it's not a problem. I just, I am noticing that this doesn't seem like your type of normal. You don't seem like the type of person to constantly have trash everywhere. She goes, no, no, I just haven't been able to move around. Well, this is a big problem. If you're letting trash build up in your house and it's not a normal thing for you, you are letting it go. Why are you letting it go? You're in that much pain that you're, that you're letting that go? That's a big problem. Second one, hey, and I noticed you have a lot of bandages around here. What's what's going on? Well, I, I just had a knee surgery, which did not come up until now. It was just leg pain. And I, I, I'm supposed to be changing my bandages, but I haven't been able to bend over to do it myself. So I said, let me get this straight. just Just so I understand completely is... Number one, you can't get up and walk around. You can barely make it to the bathroom to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Number two, you have bandaging that you're supposed to be changing, but you haven't been able to change in days? Yes. Let me tell you what the patient presented with. Obvious fever. Clammy, pale skin. Constant pain that started in the knee and had moved up to her hip, and she was having lower back pain. I hope every one of you just aced that test and said she was septic, because that's exactly what it was. And if I hadn't questioned those questions, the medics were just going to treat her for leg pain and take her on in and, you know... they're four minutes down the road the fact that she was septic really didn't change a whole lot other than they started pumping her with fluids and they made sure and got a good blood draw so the doctor could accurately get the numbers in a quicker manner and obviously we need to start getting fluids through her and getting her back into um, a normal state so it, it, i wasn't nice I wasn't like, oh my god, darling, this is so bad, like, I feel so bad for you. I was, I was just, my asshole self, asking questions. Hey, so what's, what's, what is the deal with this? Like, this doesn't seem like you. And, I, we figured out there was more to it. What? Oh my lord. But, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting almost 35 minutes here, so I'm going to let you guys go. But I want some of this stuff just to sink in. And I want you to remember that, number one, we are in public service. We are public servants, okay? Don't ever forget that. That even though you may not like this guy or you may think this dude's an idiot, if he pays taxes into your community... He has a right to say whatever he damn well pleases. And you don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. But you still have to give him his due. You have to. And if he calls 911 and he wants you for something, you better answer that phone call. right? You, you answer that call. You don't get a choice of what comes over that radio. You answer it. You don't always have to be nice about it. Okay, empathy isn't about being nice, about coddling. Sometimes people who need the most empathy do not need a shoulder to cry on. They need somebody to look them square in the eyes and go, you fucked up. Okay, I'm here to help you, but we can't continue to do this. This is a path we can't continue to go down. What do we need to do to help you? Okay, you've got to do it. but We're going to do what we can to help you. Do you need information? Do you need uh, to go to a different hospital? All of that stuff. Right? Tough love is empathetic. Don't go walking into places acting like an asshole and you know everything. But, at the end of the day, tough love is empathetic. Okay? Not just being an asshole. Not just being tough. Tough love. True. Tough love. Okay? Okay? Do not forget that we, most of us, have type A personalities. And if you don't and you're a firefighter, that's fine. But you have to remember that you are here to serve the public. And you are here, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, Socialist, Fascist, Libertarian, whatever you want to call yourself. Your political views, your moral views, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is the public calls upon you. You serve them. Serve them fairly. Serve them evenly. And do what you can to make their lives better. Because that's what we're there to do. Within reason, make their lives better. That's being empathy. Not being sympathetic. Not being coddlish. Just empathetic. Understanding people have lives. And not one single one of us is perfect. And every single one of us have an issue. And every single one of us have done something wrong we just didn't get caught or we didn't get caught up in a situation that caused us more and more pain or we got away with putting gasoline on a fire and not blowing ourselves sky high okay we've all gotten lucky we've all been unlucky and we need to understand that that is it for today this is Leroy. It was wonderful letting you guys listen to me ramble on again. And again, like I said at the beginning of the cast, FDIC, I will be there on Friday to do the stair climb and to go through the expos. So, I know this is a new podcast and I'm just now starting to climb onto all these other podcast platforms. So, if by chance you've picked up on this podcast and you see me or you hear someone talking to me feel free please feel free to come up and say hey I listen to your podcast it's a piece of shit because I don't care you still listen to it and I still got somebody there listening (laughs) but yes if you want to get on to the stair climb and do it with me. It's thirty five dollars. You can donate money just to my team and get that in there um, over the podcast. I don't have a really a good way of giving you the link, but if you just look up nine eleven stair climb, you get on there and you search a team hooligans with halligans, not just hooligans, not just halligans or any other form, hooligans with halligans, all separate words. Find us, donate all of that money, none of it goes to us, right, this is purely through the Fallen Firefighters Foundation, and it all goes to them, directly, not through me, I'm just the guy out there asking for everyone's money, okay, so, FDIC make sure if you get a chance get down there if you can't get down there make sure you're listening to their podcast make sure that you're listening to fire engineering magazines podcast they're the ones that really uh, help put on that and they support a lot of the uh, education material that comes out of it and uh, you know as always get out there be safe kick ass